Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Baki Taki, the thrilling conclusion to the Dorian arc, which has been going on for a month of real time. I'm really excited to talk about this episode, and I'm really excited about our guest this week. It's Greg. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing good. So, Greg, uh, every guest I have on, I always ask them two questions, just so the audience can get a chance to get to know you a bit better. Uh, so first off, other than Baki, what shows are you currently watching? Oh, good question. Uh, I am watching Barry, um, Hacks, MasterChef Canada. Uh, we just finished Stranger Things. There's lots on the go. You know, considering it's summer, I'm watching a, an astounding, depressing number of TV shows right now. But I am a stranger to anime. That was my first one ever. You're a stranger thing to TV. <laughs> Don't push it. So that follows perfectly into the next question. Before watching this episode, what did you know about Baki? Uh, absolutely nothing. And I have, I, I strove to keep it that way. I, I went in, uh, I didn't even read the episode uh, description. I just knew the title because I confirmed that I was watching the right one with you. Quite an arcane titling system, I guess. So uh, there's there's lots of uh, pitfalls in trying to find the right episode to watch, but but we got there. Perfect. Yeah, I don't. You're you're one of my guests. Um, I, I I feel like I've talked about the podcast with a lot of people beforehand. I don't know if I even if I've mentioned this at all before. I just sent you a message saying, "Do you want to come on the podcast?" Um, yeah, sorry. I uh, I have I have no idea. I know you were podcasting, and I think you talked to me about a previous one you worked on. But um, this is in- extremely fresh. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Perfect. Yeah, home away from dome, the under the dome podcast, still available <laughs> yeah. On, uh, on Apple. Yeah, yeah. I believe you shut down the Apple servers with that one. It was uh, three billion downloads in the first twenty four hours, right? Oh yeah, they they wrote articles about it. It was like <laughs> the cover art of a big dome over the Apple servers. Uh, <laughs> big big hit. The the four person under the dome fandom loved it. <laughs> So this episode is, as I was saying, it's the thrilling conclusion to Dorian's subplot. I, it was funny, I, I was debating on a few people to bring on this episode because I, I want to get my mom on the podcast at some point. Um, and the first shot of the episode is Dorian barfing because he got punched so hard in the gut. Um, and then he pretty much immediately breaks his hand and I was just like this isn't the one Um, but I wanted to so much happens at the beginning which can be basically boiled down to Dopo kicking Dorian's ass Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on how this episode started yeah I think you're right I mean you texted me in advance saying warning the show is a bit gory Um, I have like an hour and a half commute every day to work and uh, I downloaded the episode thinking you know I'll, I'll pump this out on a commute and I was riding the train up and I watched like the first 20 seconds and as you say there's a lot of anime barf and then a, a surprisingly like anatomically correct shattering of a hand just like fingers flying all over the place and then I think 30 seconds later his rib cage is just pummeled to smithereens and so I went back to uh to reddit for a bit for the rest of my train ride just because it was um not, ridiculous not, not something you can watch on the train yeah i wanted to talk about it when he gets his ribs obliterated so so dopo punches him in the ribs and you see like one of those inside shots where the bones crack 
Um, and I thought, wow, that was a strong punch. Then he does yeah. it about 85 more times <laughs> to the point where his bones have... It, it's like in Jack and the uh, the Beanstalk where the giant says he'll grind your bones into bread. Like, it, his ribs are gone. Pretty accurate, yeah. And one of the henchmen is, like, kind of soundtracking that while he's punching him, saying, you know, no matter how much muscle you have, you'll, your ribcage will still take damage. His middle straight punch is like nobody else's. No matter how much protective muscle the opponent's got, his ribcage will take damage. And I'm just like, yeah, that's that's a pretty... You've seen this guy do this before, I think. Yeah, you've seen Dobo do that. Because... And not only that, but the internal shot of the ribcage didn't seem to have any other organs. I don't know whether they just sort of ran out of money at the end doing the pickups, but... Um, it, was, it was interesting to see his bones sort of just shatter like i guess into a void that is the inside of his um chest cavity <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's, maybe it's a grinch thing where he's I, I don't know much about the context of the character he didn't seem particularly heartless although i guess we'll, we'll get onto that later i don't know he's he seemed like a pretty bad dude to me in this episode <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get there well that's what was interesting yeah i mean i went in like you know I, basically had the cover photo so i knew that baki was was a character um but mm -hmm. you know doesn't appear in this whole first sequence and so i had no idea who who i was rooting for who i was rooting against it was a really interesting way to watch the middle of a tv show well i'll, I'll give you the five second spiel because it leads into what happens next uh dorian is a death row inmate who spontaneously decided that he was going to uh, fly to japan to taste defeat um, because he's never been oh. defeated in his life. Right. Uh, four other guys had the same thought spontaneously. It's it's, it's called synchronicity, but <laughs> they're not in this episode too much. <laughs> so yeah, so Dorian, as he's getting uh, completely demolished, his ribs are gone, his kneecaps <laughs> also gone. Uh, yeah. He, he realizes that this might finally be the moment where he can be defeated. What, what do you think about that idea of just wanting to lose that badly yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense to me i think you know you, you kind of can't get a sense of how good somebody is at something until they're unable to to do it or until they're bested by somebody right i think it's a common theme in, in a lot of sports and you know not to get too esoteric on you but it's a common theme in uh, i took a history and philosophy of science class at university and, and there's a, a, an idea a guy called Karl popper who says that a theory can only be disproved you know if you can't disprove a theory it's not a theory um something that applies to every case is basically useless so i like that idea of um of yeah only really knowing your true strength once you're defeated otherwise you know where's your ceiling what's what's your what's your true um nature so it was yeah. quite it got quite philosophical quite early i thought yeah no and I, I agree i do think i see that a lot in sports like being in toronto and having the leafs around like they are often seeking defeat from what i can tell yeah um, and with that and it's the opposite right it's like how bad can they be is there a team they can beat and <laughs> and therefore you know do we know are they even playing the same sport as the rest of the league exactly so after losing his rib cages his kneecaps bleeding um a lot out of his nose in just a constant mm. stream you might think that Dopo is going to punch him and finish the job. Have I been defeated? It's over. Time to end it. Uh, instead, uh, <laughs> unbeknownst to everybody else at the amusement park where this takes place, Kato is wheeled out in a wheelchair, pretty much comatose, 
Greg, do you want to describe what happens? Yeah, um, yeah. So Dobo kind of pump fakes, um, and and Dorian looks like disappointed at first, right? Because you kind of hear his monologue about like this is finally going to be defeat, and he's kind of his teeth are chattering in a really intense way. Um, and then yeah, we pan up over the henchmen to see a guy who who's honestly to me looks exactly like um Killick from the Soul Calibur games. I don't know if you ever played those. Um but I expected him to have like an eight foot hitting rod. There's probably a better name for that, but I don't no, know that's what it, it is. <laughs> that's the that's the dictionary term, okay. Um yeah, and and they they wheel Kato out and his doctor peels in with a with I guess a, a protege of, of Dobos and, and says uh you know, this guy is like on the verge of death, critical condition. How dare you get him out of hospital? What in the world's going on here? Dragging this man out of the hospital when he's in critical condition. Are you trying to kill him? He's uh, he's deathly ill and he'll never wake up. And sure enough, you know, kind of in the background of that shot, you see Kato's bandages come off. You see there's kind of a some sort of like spectral force trailing behind Kato. I don't know if that's like contextualized somewhere else it's like a there's no real quite explanation for this no, okay yeah see i don't know how uh, how how tight we go here with with the narrative so, but, some, um, sometimes fighters just start glowing because they're really strong I, yeah it's not and really that's exactly addressed. what happens right he he sets a light he uh he doesn't punch him either right he, i'm just no, trying to he, remember he just now. goes ah <laughs> And he just drives the fear of God into Dorian, and I think Dorian's like finally ready, right? He's like, "This is how I go out." I don't know what they did. They fight earlier on in the series. Is that is that why Kato's comatose? Yeah, yeah. So they they met in a sewer. Um, Dorian hypnotized <laughs> him, and then uh, basically almost de- almost decapitated him, and then shoved him in a punching bag. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was my guess for what happened, but I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, it, well, it's one of those shows where you, <laughs> you can, if you if you read between the lines. Yeah, you can. It's pretty, pretty heavily telegraphed the the punching bag, the decapitation stuff. Yeah. Uh, just 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 to like hammer home, like Kato, I you could not be closer to death than Kato was. Like, first of all, his doctor describes him as comatose due to lack of blood. <clears throat> now see here. Kato is in critical condition after suffering blunt force trauma to his entire body, to say nothing of dozens of bone fractures. The man is comatose due to extensive loss of blood. Which I don't yeah. think is typically a reason you go into a coma. <laughs> I think it's a reason you die. And secondly, in the episode where Kato was shoved in a body bag, like, I, I couldn't include the clip of listing all of his injuries because it was so long. I literally... <laughs> I, I took it split it into three separate audio channels that just played simultaneously. <laughs> I did love the uh, the doctor says he's got blunt force trauma to his entire body, which that's just that's the sign of a thorough adversary. You know, that's the sign of somebody who really went the extra mile to make sure that the trauma was over your entire body. What do you What do you do if your friend comes to you and it's just like, "Oh man, I'm I'm at the hospital. What happened? Blunt force trauma to the entire body." That's you rough. go. Yeah, let's get a beard and unpack that, I think. <laughs> I can't leave the hospital. <laughs> got a lack of blood. <laughs> yeah, I got not enough blood. I do like that idea that it's like a low a low battery mode, you know, when you put your phone onto low battery mode and the kind of animations get duller and, and the phone gets a bit slower. 
that seems to be what what the doctors prescribed there for Kato is like we can do most stuff with just some blood uh, and we'll wait for the rest of the blood to be made or transfused and then and then we can maybe turn on your eyes and brain instead Kato spends a hundred percent of his blood to stand up and then go <laughs> his, his feet are really swollen when he stands up out of the chair I do remember that from the shot and I'm like that's you know that seems accurate I was in the hospital for about a week once and, and my feet were like three times the size you couldn't have strapped me into the world's biggest crocs so uh i liked that attention to detail the the anatomy in this show is very well done uh, <laughs> yeah my... uh so yeah so dorian responds to kato's very cool uh, yell by just bawling um just mm-hmm. tears pouring out and it appears that he has finally been defeated <laughs> Don't worry about it. You wouldn't understand. That's not the case, but it, it certainly seems like this man with no ribs, no knees, no brain has been defeated. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't tell that that um, the crying fit, which is you know pretty pretty profound. Um, you know, he's like sobbing. He's 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 completely lost it. I, I couldn't tell whether that was, and maybe you're getting to this, and I'm I'm totally uh, jumping the gun here. But I couldn't tell whether he was disappointed that he hadn't been finished off, disappointed in himself that he had allowed himself to get into such a vulnerable position, or whether he was just you know shit scared of the guy he thought he'd decapitated uh, stood in front of him on fire. Yeah, I think with context, and I could be very easily persuaded on this because it's a very deep text, um, (laughs) I think that you're right. I think that he is disappointed that he wasn't defeated. Um, When when I watched the scene, I assumed he was just defeated, but um, spoiler alert, he's not. (laughs) So... (laughs) so let's let's jump ahead to the next scene so dorian goes to the hospital um as well as kato and we are we get another classic baki tradition of doctors explaining what happened after the fight last time we found out the guy was actually 97 years old this Wait, time, dorian is or the, the doctor the, the the previous death row inmate this is death row inmate two out of five uh, i see i see yeah no this time we find out that uh Dorian has some sort of foreign object in the palm of his hand uh, that shows up on x-rays. Now, the doctor assumes, sort of out of the blue, that it might be an explosive device, and if you whack your hand, you could make uh, a big explosion. Good heavens, you know what I think? It might be an explosive device. A miniature bomb with a detonator. Meant to work like this. The impact would set the thing off. Uh, his his intern doctor, of course, says, Oh, I think it might be time for you to go to sleep, old man. Doctor, really? <sighs> it's late, sir. You're tired. Yeah, just a shocking moment of ageist gaslighting there. Just like really, really out of line doctor's assistant. I mean, this guy has clearly been in the business a while. He's patched up a lot of death row inmates and he already did enhance on the x-ray twice you know he looked at it he said enhance and it got bigger and he said enhance and it got bigger so i don't know what more you want he's he's looked at it really close and he knows um an arm embedded ied when he sees one and i'm skeptical why they needed to enhance in the first place like if i that it'd be like if i had a an x-ray where i had like i don't know (laughs) i was missing my thumb 
and they just and the guy was like there's something off with this x-ray it shows my entire arm it's like let's just let's just zoom in on the hand zoom in on that absence of thumb see what we can get there hmm. his bicep or his <laughs> the bicep bone um yeah anyway so uh dorian it turns out is uh there's no real sense of time here. This could be five minutes after Kato yelled at him, or this could be like two weeks. But it turns out Dorian is walking around the hospital now um, mm-hmm. with no knees or ribs. <laughs> yeah, no, he's in those. Um, he's in some pretty intense braces. My dad had those when he had ACL surgery. Um, I'll probably have them in five years once I ski um, literally one more time and both my knees blow up. Reminded me of like the Gattaca leg extensions. Those were cool. I thought maybe while they were in there putting fake kneecaps in, they could have given him a couple extra inches. It might help in the next fight, but he seemed the same height. Yeah. And honestly, they seem better than regular knees because he jumps out of a window immediately. Yeah. And then that freeze frame as he's in midair, is that like a like a motif that they go back to or is that is that a hallmark of, of anime? No. <laughs> Just, just, fun. <laughs> just sort of weird honestly it's, it's not very typical of this show um, it struck me like a 455 on a friday the animator drew that frame and then he's like ah fuck it or can i swear uh no we're gonna have to cut it short sorry everybody <laughs> <laughs> i lost my uh lost my podcasting privileges um yeah, yeah of the course animator you can says, swear <laughs> <laughs> he says uh yeah fuck it we'll just we'll freeze it there cast a sort of red pole over the whole thing and uh, smash cut to the next sequence. Yeah, and this sequence, I, I did some research on this sequence. Uh, one issue with Baki, and you'll never guess that this episode has way more female representation than 90% of Baki episodes, <laughs> because there's two female characters in three seasons. Wow. Um, but what I found out is that uh, Dopo's wife, Natsue, um, actually is a character who was a bigger part of previous seasons way back in the in the year 2000 and Dopo comes home and uh, says her name and and that I believe is the last time she's been mentioned in about 20 years of the Baki manga so I was oh. hoping we'd, we'd see her but anyway I'm getting ahead of myself because one of my favorite lines of the episode is Dorian gets out of his limo at his house and then tells his uh, tells his driver. <laughs> Wait till she sees I got my hand back. The wife's gonna have a fit. Yeah, that was. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that was. I mean, I know what it was, but uh, yeah, surprisingly crass and definitely crossing an employer-employee line. You know, that guy. That guy's got to take it to. Uh, yeah, he'll have to bring it up with, with the Shinshinkai Human Resources Department. <laughs> yeah. But HR. But the implication here, so just for reference, Dopo got his hand cut off by Dorian a few weeks ago and then got sewn back on and he's been wearing a cast. So, like, obviously nobody else knew he was keeping it a secret. But why didn't he tell his wife? <laughs> yeah, what's their communication strategy like? Yeah. And I did notice when, when he went in, he sort of slides open the, the sliding door just a fraction. And then he sees some debris on the floor or something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then... And then instantly destroys his own front door. You know, it's like you were already sliding it open. You already you had the motion down. Yeah. A couple more seconds of that, the door is wide open. You can walk through, even you know, with your larger than usual frame. But he just 
absolutely loses it instantly. And uh, I assume those are pretty well made, and he just makes mincemeat of it. Honey, I'm home. I feel like it's easy to imagine that you wouldn't do that, but if I was Dopa, which is basically the Hulk, like I feel like I would break doors and just because uh, it is a very emotional moment to come home, find your entire house ransacked, and some dent, I mean, a, a lighter on the ground. <laughs> right, which I assume was emblematic of uh, of Dorian. Yeah, that's where Dorian kept his dental floss that was harder than steel, that he used to cut off people's hands and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I even had it on the ground um, anyway long story short <laughs> Dopo runs in yells where his wife is no response yells Dorian and then Dorian runs Dorian the 8 foot tall man who apparently was hiding out of sight uh, slaps Dopo in the face detonates the explosive just like the doctor said and uh, that's that's the end of Dopo's face. Natsue Dorian! <laughs> yeah, really, and really under the radar. I mean, you know, usually in I don't know how it is in in, in like in anime shows, but that's the kind of moment where you get a huge speech, right? Like you get like you put him you. you sort of restrain him or whatever and then you deliver the the explosive blow but you, you i think you have 10 frames to see that it's dorian and then it's like boom and uh i like that i like that that economy of of uh storytelling well and and it's not like dorian doesn't get to talk because afterwards he gets to reprise his uh famous uh mavi song um, yeah <laughs> Oh, the love of my life, you are my dream and my shining guiding star. And no matter how small or foolish you may seem, you're still the only dream I dream. What was that? <laughs> uh, he did that. He did that when he fought Kato, except I, I thought at the time that that was to hypnotize him. Now it seems like he just likes singing that song just for fun. <laughs> I mean, he's got a great voice, you know. I don't, I don't know why he's why he was on death row. It certainly wasn't for being out of tune, but I, yeah. I, I wanted to take some time to appreciate the voice actor for Dorian because that guy he he's got a, a real knack for the subtleties of voice acting. <laughs> like, he. We haven't we haven't even got to the part where he starts saying candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That was a real tour de force. I, you know, that's the kind of character. It could have been five different actors playing him. You know, sometimes, who is it on The Simpsons that can't sing? Um, uh, Marge. Yeah, Julie Cabinet, right? She can't sing, and they uh, they always pipe someone else in for her. I think when one of the many musical numbers. So I just figured that guy's voice was so good. That they had someone else doing it but you're telling me it's all the same guy yeah well and and he does marge too who does marge the guy who does dorian it's julie cat oh. <laughs> man you got me there <laughs> ow, ow, don't make me break your arm anyway yeah so so dorian um basically blew off dopo's face 
does a little singing, a little, little song and dance. Um, and then, of course, uh, the next logical step in the story is uh, Baki is walking home from another date with Kozue. It's... Greg, you have, you wouldn't have caught on this because this is the first episode you've watched. Um, basically, the only time we see Baki nowadays is walking home on dates from Kozue. <laughs> right. What, what did you think yeah, of this young couple? Yeah, it seemed very much like a a won't-they-won't-they won't they relationship. Um, just two two folks who just can't express their feelings and uh, I imagine, you know, relatable for a, for a good chunk of, of the viewership. But I liked it, you know, it was a nice... It, it, it was all shot really low, so I kept expecting, and I think it eventually happens, like, you know, the foot splashing in the puddle in, in the foreground, you know, they're not alone in this, in this well-lit alleyway, it must be said. You know, Japan knows what they're doing, um, yes. urban design-wise. It's uh, really, really safe place to walk, I think, so... Not sure what the 10 minute waiting thing was about, but anyway, go ahead. Well, I think the 10 minute is so that like she goes home, her mom thinks she's like sleeping in bed. And then 10 minutes later, she sneaks out to see Baki um, for some hanky panky. But uh, that that might just be me. I just wanted to point out, this is the third time that we've seen them walking around Tokyo on a date. And it's the third time that it's ended with that exact shot where an ominous stranger is standing behind them. Uh, the first time it was Spec, the second, last episode, it was literally last episode, it was Yujiro. And I don't want to spoil who it was uh, this time yet, because we'll we'll come back to this plot line. It's, it, it was a nice little interlude. I, I, I had had enough of seeing um, Dopo's disgusting, skinless face. Um, For sure. And I did the full, the full Leo DiCaprio meme when he came on screen. I'm like, that's the guy that the show is named after. Like, we're, we're 12 minutes into the episode. And here he is coming home from a date and everybody else seems to be fighting and he's just uh i guess more of a lover than a fighter or he doesn't fight this episode no i mean i just thought the the whole thing about them you know uh baki's baki wants to ask uh what do you say her name was kozue yep uh he wants to ask kozue back to his room and he doesn't and then she wants him to ask her back to his room and he doesn't will you um will i what just say it Will you come to my room tonight? Will... Um... Will you... Look at the time. <laughs> it's late and... You don't even have a watch. So that's why I thought the 10 minutes thing was just like... To, to keep uh, safe, you know, safe watch or whatever. Because it's like if she's, if she's just breaking out the window after 10 minutes, then... I guess they just haven't crossed the going back to Baki's room line yet as a couple, which well, is which yeah. is a occasion. Maybe his room's a real yeah. mess. Well, they had their first kiss last week, so um, wow. which also the chronology of this was a day ago or the same night. It's it's very difficult to keep track of what's going on. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, that didn't seem like their second kiss that I watched. That was they really got all up in there. That was like one beyond a French kiss. That was a Belgian kiss. Yeah. Well, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she she learned how to breathe, um, which she didn't know how to do. The <laughs> right, <first> yeah. Time. <laughs> All right. So going back to Dorian, Dorian, who you just can't knock him down. Um, as as a previous guest said, Dorian is all about the reversal of fortunes. So <laughs> Dorian is confronted by Retsu, uh, Kaio Retsu, our, our Chinese friend. Um, who comes over and starts talking to him and brings up the interesting point that Dorian 
his his whole drive is to taste defeat and to be defeated and if you go into every fight hoping to be defeated and you lose every time have you ever truly tasted victory you've been invincible up till now and yet what you've longed for is defeat in that sense you have never truly won what are your thoughts that, you know i think yeah i think retsu really uh really puts into words what what i was what i was thinking you know it's like I guess it, it does, you know, it asks kind of a serious question about what drives athletes at the top of their game. It's, uh, you know, if it, after years of domination, they must secretly be hoping for, um, you know, somebody to come along and, and pip them to it, even though on the face of it, that would be the worst thing that could happen would be for them to fall off their ledge. But I don't know, it almost um, reinforces the idea that they were on top for so long, right, that it took so long for them to be knocked off. So I, I, I empathize with what Retsu's saying. I was pretty distracted by his incredible eyebrows um <laughs> but i think you know the the substance of what he was saying was was pretty spot on no you, that's how you can tell it's red <laughs> just look at the brows um what did you think i mean does does i mean like you know if dorian's on death row it seems to me like he's had I, I a think... taste of judicial defeat if nothing else you know prosecutorial defeat well to be fair he broke out and killed the entire prison um, so it didn't really feel like he was really defeated. I think Dorian is an absolute loon, and <laughs> I don't think he is. I think that any time I've tried to sit down and judge what he's doing or his deeper motivation, um, I don't know. I, I maybe maybe when we're done the recording, I can show you some clips of when Dorian went to the amusement park. But it's like, he, he's, I I've had real trouble trying to track down what he's thinking one way or the other and i prefer to solve it much like retsu does by immediately punching him in the face so hard <laughs> that he regresses to the mind of a five-year-old yeah i i need to work on that punch that would be useful in so many scenarios like a, a total regression punch this has been just a fleeting dream that now comes to an end this fist will end it yep so Red, Red Sue punches Dorian, who finally accepts defeat. And uh, we cut to an ambulance where Red Sue is in the ambulance uh, with Dorian. Dorian uh, looks up into the Tokyo sky and just says, Candy. 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 <laughs> and then, that was good. Then, You're the voice actor. Yeah, oh I, I I'm gonna probably play the entire clip because it's so funny. Um, but yeah, Dorian for some reason sees Tokyo Tower, and I guess he sees the lights coming off it like little candy balls, and um, talks about how his dad only gives him two pieces of candy. My daddy, he'd only give me two pieces of candy, but I. I wanted more than that. It's it's pretty goofy. But my, my favorite part of the whole thing is Retsu just says he'll give him all the candy he wants. And he looks like he's about to cry. He, he looks like... He, he looks like somebody who's just experienced the, the miracle of childbirth or something. No more candy. Don't worry. I'll buy you a whole mountain of candy. You mean it? You really will? As much of it as you can eat. 
Like, what what do you think was going on through Retsu's mind at that moment? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of out on a limb here because I don't know their relationship from previous in the show. But but you know, um, there isn't one. <laughs> right. Okay. Dorian talks about in that sequence about about how his dad never gave him enough candy, and you know, he's a big lad, so he must have had a good amount of candy. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't he wasn't you know going hungry by any means. But then I think when when Retsu sees that. There's also there's almost kind of like a father son relationship there maybe you know it's like watching watching your father be vulnerable for the first time um, you know that can be a really hard thing to see and I wonder if maybe that's what Retsu was going through was like okay now person I considered at least a role model if not a father figure is uh, is now a child again a massive um, I was, was going to say it's it's a it's a real sugar coating of the scenario to call it being vulnerable. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> being physically and mentally uh, obliterated, shall we say? Yeah. My therapist not, said that I, I should try and be more vulnerable. So, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give like me a punch in the face so hard. I forgot the last sixty years of my life. And the sad thing is, is that a child that size is not going to get to go on any rides. You know, that's going to be a really hard second childhood for, for Dorian. I mean, you know, it's he's he's too young for the Internet and too old for the teacup ride. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it sends him into a second life of crime, the, the frustration of that. Greg, I cannot wait to show you a clip, but <laughs> we'll, we'll wait until the end of this episode. Um, yeah, so so that's the end of Dorian. Dorian is up there with my favorite of the Death Row inmates. So, Speck and Dorian. Well, we we might see Dorian again in a in in a bit, but he was great, and I think that all of the other Death Row inmates are not going to be anywhere near as satisfying as this arc was. So. A, a champagne pop sound effect for, for Dorian being eliminated. <laughs> you said that's two out of five. Yes. Okay. Five's an interesting, you know, usually you get three or is Scott Pilgrim seven? Uh, seven seven evil axes, yeah. Yeah. Five. I mean, you're splitting the difference there, I guess. It's still an odd number. So you get that feeling of finality on the last one, but. To be honest, I, I think that the author sort of had the same thought eventually, where he's like, why did I pick five? <laughs> we, we spent so much time on Speck and Dorian. And he needs the last three at once, just like there's a, a kitchen fire or something that takes them all out. The last three are beaten by people who haven't been introduced into the show yet, more, more or less. Maybe not Doyle, but uh, we'll get there. <laughs> Um, so the episode ends uh, not with Dorian, but with uh, Baki and Kozway. So Kozway is in her room, waiting, debating if maybe she should go see Baki. We get lots of very like raw, romantic shots of Baki's face. Um, definitely a strong point of the episode. Hey, editor Steve here. When I was doing this episode, I realized that when Kozway comes home, we actually have a scene that passes the Bechdel test. So I'm going to play the scene in its entirety. Just throwing this in here. I'm home, Mom. There you are. <sighs> Something to eat? I already ate. Okay. Good night, then. And she hears some taps on the window. Um mm-hmm. Who who was who is what was tapping on the window, Greg? Good question. I mean, it was very rhythmic. You know, it, it's not like you're sort of Romeo throwing pebbles and and uh, and he's getting one every every other try. It mm-hmm. was like 
could have been, you know, those dolls that you dip in a, uh, not the dolls, the ducks that you dip in a cup oh, of like water. Oh, like a flamingo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have been a dipping duck. Um, it could have been somebody with very strong fingers, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of threw me for a loop. I have to say, I watched most of the episode twice, and that was the only part that I saw. I just watched once was the last sequence with uh, with Kozue. It's, it's three full taps, I think, right? On the window. Three mm-hmm. double taps. And then she goes and swings it open. And, and there's nothing. Yes. And, and much like a Batman-like figure, <laughs> uh, Unseen yeah. Kozue, uh is one of our death row inmates, it's Sikorsky, the man with very strong fingers. He's back. <laughs> Make a sound and I will kill you both. Understood? Wow. Wait till Dobo's wife hears about him. <laughs> yeah, man, she's going to throw a fit. <laughs> yeah, so the episode ends on a cliffhanger. Sikorsky has broken in and has basically uh, kidnapped Kozway in her own room. What will Baki do? We'll have to wait until next week to find out. All right. Well, that was that was a, a blast of an episode. I think that you had the toughest job of any guest yet. Um, I, I think that the, this being the conclusion to a storyline, like people are just in places with no context given. <laughs> I, I think I think it must have been difficult to follow. No, I loved it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's funny. The one thing I will say is that the. Dorian pops up a few times in a few different angles, a few different sort of lighting schemes uh, in mm-hmm. the first few minutes. And it wasn't until the second watch that I realized they were all the same person. I would say it's amazing what the animators will, what kind of leeway they'll take once an audience is like built into a story and they can kind of show almost nothing of a character's face and you know who it is. But I'm like, okay, here's another new guy, I guess. The, the cast of characters is already at like 46 people after a minute. But it's all the same two guys, so um, that was that was something to adjust to. Now the the punch, sorry, the punch that that um, makes Donald throw up in the first second of oh, the episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his henchmen talk about it. What is it? This the blade, the single-handed blade stop or something? First off, it's not his henchman. That's his son and Retsu. Um, oh, okay. Retsu's there. Okay, see? That's uh, just close to show. He's wearing, two, he's wearing a blue shirt in that part, so it's a bit confusing. <laughs> Completely different. I should have noticed the eyebrows, though. Um, yeah, at the end of the episode, I think he did two things at once. He gra- Dorian had a knife on his boot, and he tried to kick him with it. And then Dopo did the thing where you clap your hands on the blade, which every mm. martial artist recommends you uh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, blocked the blade and, I don't know, kneed him or punched him in the gut. Something like that. Yeah. There, there was a lot of fighting in the previous episode as well. As, I mean, I didn't think knives were allowed. I thought this was hand-to-hand combat. Is, is Dorian's a dirty fighter, I guess? Yes. So that's the whole thesis of this season that you stumbled on. It's, it's can the true pure martial art fighters defeat death row inmates who don't surprisingly don't follow the rules very well? Um, you'd missed 90% of Dorian's tricks. Uh, the knife blade is honestly the most conventional weapon. He also hypnotizes people. He lights them on fire. He had acid in his stomach. One time he coughed up a grenade and just threw it at people. Um. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, well, now I'm taking it back about Dorian. This this thing about it's not a noble search for defeat. If you cheat every time, then... I don't care when you get defeated. That's a comeuppance, not not some sort of uh, you know psychic catharsis. This is what I mean. Fuck that guy. Yeah, Dorian. 
I don't think Dorian is that deep. I think he's just <laughs> he's just a guy who is ready <laughs> to kill. <laughs> Have you ever had a guest that it took the entire episode to figure out that the villain was the villain before? Because uh, I'm happy to be be the new guy for it. No, that's fair. To be fair, the guy he's Dopo also looks like a villain with his like eye patched and vibe going on. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that took me a little while to get uh, the guy with the eye patch and the guy without the eye patch. Yeah. All right. So, question for you: Now that we've finished the episode, now that you've watched an episode of Baki, even watched it twice, do you think that Baki is a good show? I think it is an absolutely wild show um i may i may watch the last couple just to see where it goes i can't say i'll watch it from the beginning but um i think there's only two or three left in the season right so uh yeah <laughs> you can the, the season one ends on in on next week's episode um but uh, the, it's 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 like when you take breaking bad and cut the fifth season in half it's to get the satisfying one you might want to watch another 14 episodes okay okay well i'll uh, maybe i'll do that yeah i think it is a good show i mean it's certainly like you know really well animated when was it made did you say early 2000s so uh, the story was written uh, in the 2000s because uh just quickly baki is one of the longest running manga of all time uh but the anime is from 2018 so only a few years ago wow and the so the manga is obviously uh really successful is the show successful I don't know it's still on the air sort of baki hanma right. is still on the air and that's like is that japanese for baki and friends or what, what what's what's the next part of it hanma's his last name oh okay <laughs> nice i like that it's just like just to clarify and then the third series will be his middle name included as well baki hanma and friends of course <laughs> and sons yes Oh man! Well, yeah, the whole thing is a family drama. We just haven't we we haven't got to spend too much time with his dad and half brother yet. Um, See, it's always the dads. Yeah, especially when your dad is the strongest creature on earth, um, as he's lovingly referred to. Well, I can relate. I mean, my dad could beat up your dad, so that makes sense. All right. Well, I'll 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 see you with your dad in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll bring my dad. <laughs> of marine land we need to find a, a similarly shitty amusement park I, th I think we'll need a better amusement park than marine land <laughs> Anywho, um thank you for coming on the episode greg it was a blast uh talking about this with you we're gonna have oh boy I'm, I'm, I'm trying to organically mention the next guest i have on but i also don't know who that is so who is the next guest? The next guest is nothing less than the most incredible orator, analyst, critic um, that, then, that you'll ever have the pleasure of speaking to. And then I splice in a clip from the future of who the next guest is. <laughs> My good friend, Naomi. Can you tell that I'm here in the same room? Is that to me? Yes. Yes, I can tell that. <laughs> me too. All right. Well, that was organic. <laughs> Speaking of organic, make sure to follow the podcast on <laughs> Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Anyway, uh, that's all the Baki we've got to talk to. <laughs> See y'all next oh, week. <laughs> God, Steve, I wouldn't have done it if I'd known that's how it was going to end. Now